Welcome to Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Happy Tuesday. You know, um, I was not here yesterday and I forgot to let you guys know. So for those of you who were scrambling, trying to figure out why you couldn't find the show, we didn't have one. I went and uh, joined the good folks over in Harrison County here in Texas and uh, went to speak with them. So I was not here, but I'm back today, ready to talk uh, all things presidential race. So the rumor mill was swirling all morning that neocon Nikki Haley was going to drop out today at her scheduled state of the race speech in South Carolina. And I mean, it would make sense, by the way, that she does drop out before Saturday's South Carolina primary, where Trump is polling ahead of her by, you know, just 30 points. So not a close race. You would think it would make sense to drop out before the world sees you can't even win in your home state. You already, by the way, couldn't beat none of these candidates in Nevada. So Nikki didn't drop out today. She instead vowed to stay in and then appeared to begin to cry while bringing up her deployed husband. Watch. I wish Michael was here today. And I wish our children. And I could see him tonight, but we can't. He's serving on the other side of the world where conflict is the norm, where terrorists hide among the innocent, where Iran's terrorist proxies are now attacking American troops. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, If that isn't the encapsulation of what I mean when I say women should not be president, I... I don't know what is. I'm, I'm, I understand it's like it's supposed to be, oh my gosh, that's offensive. You're not allowed to say that. Men, of course, are really are not allowed to say this out of fear of being called, you know, sexist or misogynist. But allow me to go ahead and say the obvious. Women, generally speaking, are too emotional and too emotionally manipulative to be president. Let's break this one into two possibilities. Both would prove my point, I would say. But let's just say possibility number one. The tears you just saw were real. Now, I don't actually believe that to be true, but let's pretend for a moment that it is. Life's hard. Being the president is a demanding, mentally taxing job. You're probably not going to have a lot of time to tend to your marriage or see your kids or else you probably wouldn't be doing your job well to oversee the entire country. And when you're up there on a world stage trying to negotiate on America's behalf, trying to negotiate your way out of all of these endless wars, or I don't know, in Nikki's case, negotiate your way into them. Does crying about it project strength? Obviously not. Obviously, you would be projecting weakness when you go up on a world stage, stand up in front of a microphone and cry. Please, Mr. Putin, I just want more of our taxpayer money to go to this war. Please, please talk to me. Now, women are more emotionally expressive than men and less able to regulate their emotions than men, scientifically speaking. Presidents need to be making decisions based off of logic and reason, not emotion. So now that we have that established, let's go to possibility number two. The tears were fake. Total emotional manipulation. It's how women have gotten their way throughout history. And I'm not sure that the video quality was good enough. So I'm going to give I'm going to I'm going to give her this. Maybe it was just the video quality, but I didn't actually see any tears. Also, Nikki insinuated her husband was somehow deployed in Iran or in the Middle East. He's deployed with the South Carolina National Guard as a staff officer in the Horn of Africa. And by the way, he's in his 50s and it's a non-combat zone. So 
kind of disingenuous. And, you know, I just wonder, where was all this faux emotion when Nikki was seemingly busy getting run through by every man in town in South Carolina? Remember, there are two sworn affidavits that exist from two different men admitting Nikki had affairs with them while her husband was deployed previously from the Daily Mail. One of the men said, this is a quote. He first kissed Haley in a car in early 2007 and that he had regular trice with her at his apartment in downtown Columbia. Uh, Representative Haley and I, he says, shared our first kiss while sitting in her parked car outside of McDougal's restaurant and bar in downtown Columbia, South Carolina. This kiss took place in early 2007 following an evening with friends at the nearby Liberty Tap Room. After this first kiss, Representative Haley drove us to the parking lot behind the neighborhood center at Emily Douglas Park, where we parked for approximately 45 minutes. Then we slid back the seats of her Cadillac SUV so that Representative Haley could climb on top of me. He said that the alleged affair continued throughout spring 2007, uh, with more occurring at his Columbia apartment, and that a few other romantic encounters occurred in her SUV, including one in the parking lot of the South Carolina Policy Council and in her state office. Now, I don't know. I'm just just saying that doesn't really sound like a woman being torn up about her husband being deployed overseas. But now, today, Nikki Haley wants you to think she's so torn up about her husband being gone. She can't even give a press conference without crying. And I'm just saying, either way you look at it, if you believe the emotion or not, either way, the woman is clearly unfit for office. And oh, by the way, she's also down a billion points and is just embarrassing herself every step of the way the longer she stays in this race. Now, I want to welcome uh, to the program joining me, Eric July, Blaze TV contributor and founder and owner of Ripiverse Comics. Um, Eric, am I being, well, maybe you're not allowed to say because you're a man. And so you're not allowed to say these things. Um, but honestly, the more... The, the, when I make statements like this, that women, ge- generally speaking, women are not fit to be president because they are too emotionally expressive than men. They cannot regulate their emotions as well as men can. Um, it's overwhelmingly women who agree with me on this. I feel like men feel men are like, I, uh, I'm not saying that. I'm not allowed to say that. And it's and it's women who are like, yeah, you're right. And I watch Nikki Haley on stage and I'm just like. This is offensive to me. This is offensive to me as a woman that you're going to trot up on stage and stand there. And I'm sorry, I don't believe the tears. So you're going to stand there and cry about your husband being deployed. You didn't seem to care the first time. Yeah, look, you say it and. Did she want a pity vote? Like, it's like, why, what, why, why? I'm not sure exactly what so she was sorry going for. sorry for you, so we're going to vote for you. Potentially, maybe that was the case. Maybe she thought she was going to garner some sort of sympathy vote. But to your point about this, the, the emotionalism uh, of it all, it is, you know, you hear it said, and I think you worded perfectly, that generally speaking, men are going to be the ones that feel some kind of way because it's like it's almost a taboo subject. Like, you can't say that. Like you were saying earlier, it's it's sexist, it's, it's misogynistic, right. it's all of these words, even though biologically speaking it's just we're wired differently and i would i would say that folks that aren't leftists you know we apply this subject or we apply this logic to other subject matters right as a as an example we've been having this conversation about people that are born men mm-hmm. competing with women in sports mm-hmm. and we recognize which, by the way we're going to talk about later on right which 
we recognize that there's a differentiation. Right. For whatever reason, though, when you start getting to the emotion aspect of it all, which is, I'd argue, even more so so true that we are just wired naturally. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can you're going to have some differentiation between different women, of course. Right. But generally speaking, generally speaking. Women are going to be more uh, e- emotional. Those of us that are married, we understand that especially. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing because that aids you in other things, particularly like uh, with, with with caretaking, which, you know, we, we look at that being more of a more of a woman's job. I hate that it's the conversation has become so mm, so so much of a taboo subject that we have to ignore reality. Right. And and I. By the way, I want to make sure it's clear. I know the people who have been watching me for a while, this isn't news to them that I feel this way. But I just, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying this to be offensive. I'm not saying this to like, I, I'm not saying this to degrade my fellow woman. I'm not, say, like, I'm not saying it for any other reason than I genuinely, truly believe it because I've seen the science. And to your point, Eric, on the trans issue... Everyone on our side is willing to agree that men and women are different and that we have major differences. So I just don't understand why that doesn't extend to emotion. I'll tell you why, Um, because this really is a conversation. It's happening among race as well. Um, And I don't want to call it propaganda, but this concept of equality. We've heard this term thrown around since we were young and we generally look at it like it's a positive thing. Um, as the great Thomas Sowell once said, the same man isn't even equal to himself on mm-hmm. different day. It's a pipe dream. It's not a reality. It's not anything that is um, a, a legitimate. However, it is something that we strive for. Now, when I say we, I'm talking just like even as a nation, as a society, as, as, as more of a culture. Um, this is why people are so obsessed with like different like disparities that exist in a human affair. Well, this uh, uh, race isn't represented in, in this affair or this the gender makeup is isn't proportionate right. to what the population is. And that's just asinine of a right. concept to even consider when you do talk about the fact that we are uh, different. And I think each individual inherently understands this. But again, when I say the propaganda works, I mean, we're, we're, we're almost wired to not think like we naturally are supposed to because everybody's equal, right? Everybody's the same. Everybody can do this. Everybody can do that. And the reality is that's just not the case or we're just wired a little, little differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. I I see that as a, as a beautiful thing, right? Because we are individuals at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I'll, I'll give you one last thought on that. I just to reiterate, we are emotional, more emotional, uh, generally speaking as women, we are also much more emotionally manipulative, which I would not call a beautiful thing, but it just is the way that it is. Um, So I want to get into the presidential race on the other side of the ballot. Uh, Over the weekend, Democrat Senator Bob Casey was asked by an ABC anchor how he can, like, how can Joe Biden prove to the American people that he hasn't, I don't know, lost all his marbles yet? And Bob Casey was basically like, what are you talking about? Things are going great. Watch. What would you have Joe Biden do to make the case that he's not an elderly, well-meaning gentleman, that he's somebody who's really driving the car? Well, I think his record demonstrates that, and, and I think people are going to see it in the campaign. Look, yeah, campaigns are about reporting back to the people about what you've been doing and what you want to do. It's kind of a, a report and also a forward-looking what, what you're going to do to lower costs or continue to do, as, as the president and I and others have done, what you're going to do to make sure there's security at the border. That's why we supported this bipartisan deal. It's been open for but three look, years. I don't think there's going to be a moment where there's going to be a videotape that, that proves something. 
who wants to tell him? Who wants to tell him? Who wants to tell him? You know what I did today when I saw that? I went back and was watching Biden gaffes and there was one with 25 minutes worth. And I was like, well, I can't play all of the video evidence. There's too much to play. So we at least compiled some of this video evidence. If someone could please, please get these videos to Bob Casey so he can see there's plenty of video evidence to suggest that Joe Biden is literally half dead. We have weekend at Bernie's president. That would be great. Let's uh, let's watch some of Joe Biden's calves. Watch. Let's go lick, lick the world. For Muslim, for we cheer for Muslim athletes like Kareem Al-Jubu and, and, and Joan Shingang. Sh- I'm going to pass for What? Shanga Koawa. Ban on transgender Americans, transgender Americans. Mr. President, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And there he goes. Don't go anywhere. It's a very exciting day (laughs) around here. Um, We'll have reaction. I met alone with him, just he and I, and a simultaneous interpreter 68 times, 68 hours, 68 times, more than 68 hours. What? All right. God save the queen, man. (laughs) That will get you every time. Uh, 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 sir, this Thank way. you very much, Mr. President. We really appreciate it, and we love you. Thank you. I might add, if I didn't, I'd be sleeping alone. What? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. More than half the women on the, in my administration are women. Half the women? A hundred. Yeah, that's probably accurate, though. Yeah. Uh-oh, there he goes. Oh, this one is so good. All right, Joe Biden trying to put on his jacket. Jill's trying to help him. Mm, Nope, can't find the sleeve. Okay, all right, we're good. We found the sleeve, okay? All right, so now we're walking, and we're walking. And, oh, there go the glasses. And that is just... And, of course, this is my favorite, actually. The bike. Oh, down he goes. Down goes Joe. Please, someone, please, someone, please get this to Bob Casey, please. And the sad part is, Eric, that's just a small compilation. Like I said, there are there were so many videos I couldn't even I'm like, I'm not going through a 25 minute video of gaffes, but I know that they're all true and they're all there. Well, here's the thing about Joe Biden. Okay, he's been in the public sphere for a very long time, like an extremely long, long time. Longer than anyone should. Yes, uh, uh, for sure. Uh, Longer than I have or you or anybody probably here uh, has been alive. He's been in the public sphere. So we've got to see him. When he did, like, have it all upstairs, mm-hmm. right? That's a different man. Mm-hmm. I would encourage the people, the American people, go out there, go watch. Go watch some of those old videos out there of Joe Biden just speaking. He's he's in a different world right now. Um, he used to be able to complete sentences. Yes, he used to be able to complete sentences. He was really able to think on his feet. That's no more. Um, you can see like half the time he has no idea where he's going. And now everybody is watching this man seemingly to figure out what the next gaffe is going to be because we know that he doesn't got it all upstairs. So if we just compare himself to himself, (laughs) 
we know that, no, nah, this man ain't got it all upstairs. He don't. Well, apparently Democrats' uh, philosophy is just tell the American people, don't believe your lion eyes. All right, believe us. We're telling you he looks great. Everything's going super great. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break. We're going to be back with more. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, this segment, Preborn. So I don't know if you guys realize this. A baby's heartbeat, uh, a heart, their heart begins to beat at sometimes as little as just three weeks. And um, unfortunately, the left is selling these women who are scared, they get pregnant and they're scared. They're selling these women lies um, and telling them it's just a clump of cells. Don't worry about it. It's not actually a human life. And the thing that is so great about preborn, if you guys have not heard of preborn, preborn is actually, uh, they have a network of clinics that are right next to oftentimes these Planned Parenthoods where all of these women are being lied to about that just being a clump of cells. But what preborn does is so important. Elizabeth Warren would be like, these crisis pregnancy centers are lying to these women. No, actually, they're just literally showing them the truth. They're showing them an ultrasound. They're letting them listen to their baby's heartbeat. And these women, oftentimes they hear it and they see their baby on the monitor and it's like a life-changing moment. If you're a parent, you know this. The first time that you went in and saw the ultrasound and saw and listened to the heartbeat, it's it truly is life-changing. And oftentimes they are more likely to choose life. So preborn, uh, $28, you can sponsor an ultrasound that will double a baby's chance at life. I'm just asking. I know things are, are tight right now with everyone, but this is such a great cause. They're literally saving babies and you can help by going to preborn.com slash Sarah. Donate securely over at preborn.com slash Sarah. All right, joining the panel, we have Yaku Buyans, Blaze TV contributor and, uh, of course, founder of Yaku Buyans Ministries, also host of The Bottom Line. You wear a lot of hats, Yaku. Yeah. I don't know how you find the time to do what you do, but I'm glad that you're joining us um, you. for this next story, especially it's because— to be with you and good to be with oh, yeah. yes. this brother. Yes, um, especially because this next—I want to talk about the border, mm-hmm. which— you are no stranger to. In fact, I would call you uh, an expert on what's happening a at the czar, border. Maybe, but he's more of a border czar than Kamala Harris. Hey, I would. I don't want to self-grandize, but that's not hard to do. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's it is a very you just low bar. Actually, show up to the border one time and you beat Kamala. I don't know. I mean, I talk about it way more than her. I feel like yeah. I'd be a better border czar than you she just is. Call her chameleon. <laughs> we should. Um, so at the border, uh, Governor Greg Abbott here in Texas on Friday announced that the state is building an 80 acre base camp in Eagle Pass for Texas National Guard soldiers who are deployed over there for Operation Lone Star, which is the $10 billion state effort to deter people from immigrating into Texas illegally. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this, gentlemen, but I want to I want to play a little bit of Governor Abbott's announcement. Watch to expand our border security capabilities. Uh, We are building a new Texas Military Department base camp that allows the Texas National Guard to increase and to improve operations in this area. What you see now is the first stage of construction has already begun on what is 80 acres uh, of an area to be built out for this base camp. From your camera view, it goes all the way down the edge of here to those trees. 
all the way to the back, uh, close to where the river is, uh, on this side, uh, just back behind you, about 50 feet, uh, is where it stops. Uh, this will increase the ability for a larger number of Texas Military Department personnel in Eagle Pass to operate more effectively and more efficiently. So uh, it's housing up to 2,300 troops. Um, they're going to have individual rooms. They're going to have a 700-person dining facility, on-site movie theaters, workout areas, medical services, uh, the whole gamut. And look, I I'm going to ask you first, Yaku, because I maybe I'm too cynical because this is, you know, I, we're... I'm like this deep in all things, you know, border and Texas politics and national politics. And I'm just tired of the smoke and mirrors. But from what I have seen, not coming out from Greg Abbott's office, what I have seen is that Operation Lone Star hasn't really been working. And it kind of seems like we're being sold this grand idea that Texas is, you know, Texas is defending the entire border and really it's just this minuscule part that's just for optics. And I, this just feels gross to me. Am I, am I being too cynical in that? No, not at all. You're tapping into what's called women's intuition and just common sense and your eyes don't deceive you. And, and so I'll say this, the, the notion that building, look, I should preface it with this. I'm always for taking care of our servicemen and servicewomen. Okay? But Greg Abbott, if you want to take care of him, how about you stop the suicide rate? How about you give him some mental health support? How about you give him a chaplain, which they don't have? How about you give their family support for the family so that the husband goes to the work in the morning? And, and two weeks ago, another officer took his own life. That's not because he didn't have a bed or a mess hall or a movie theater, he stays there, he lives there, his family lives there. It's because you've abandoned him on the border, you make him do things he didn't sign up for, he wants to defend this country, and now you buy optics, pure optics, 100% optics. Somebody should tell Greg Abbott, there are other points of the border, you don't just have to go to Eagle Pass. Mm. That's his right. spot. That's right. where he put his shipping containers down, that's where he put the Humvees with no engines in them. Mm. Then they put engines in them because we lifted the hoods, and now he's building a You're facility. Kidding. 100%. I'll show you the video footage. The Humvees did not have engines in them. That's what I'm talking about with the optics. It's like a $10 billion footage. $10 billion dollar effort. He's looking at Piedras Negras across the border with no engines in them, with a cat living in the hood of the Humvee. Oh. Okay, now at least they have motors in them. It's optics. Abbott is optics. This is his thing. Cameras, microphones, look at what I'm building. Lone Star has been a disaster mm -hmm. from day one. It's a waste of money. Yes, take care of the service, servicemen and women. Get them some emotional help because you've pushed them over the edge by making them abandon their country, which they signed up to defend. Yeah, I mean, Eric, it's just like more taxpayer money siphoned into something that seems to just be for optics. And then on top of that, I do agree. I respect men and women who serve, but on-site movie theaters seems a little much for taxpayers to pay for, especially when you consider the $10 billion we're already paying for, for what seems to just be smoke and mirrors. Brother, sorry. Take some of the money and turn the cameras in Hudspeth County that's on the border on because they've been off for two and a half years. The cameras aren't even wow. turned on. Wow. So these are the things, right? That's still Texas border, 1,254 miles of Texas border. Let's build a gym. No, let's not build a gym. 
yeah, the cameras on. Well, and and by and by the way, um, I also do want to say I appreciate the argument. Um, I appreciate the fact that this has pushed the Biden administration into a corner. Like I, I appreciate the small stance. I, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, the fact that we are now going to get to argue in at the Supreme Court whether or not Texas has the ability to enforce their own border and does Texas have, you know, sovereign borders is obviously something that needs to be discussed at the highest level of the courts. But I just don't I don't feel comfortable giving Abbott all of the credit to say like, oh, look, he's doing this great program and he's Operation Lone Star has been a complete success. And on top of that, we're going to spend money on this giant facility for these people when in actuality, I just don't I think we're being sold a lie. And I just want to make sure the American people understand that. Look, I think I, I totally empathize with people that want to see this come to some sort of resolution. Right. With that being said particularly with Texas, I think what's happening here, and this is just, I'm going to talk about intuition, just me kind of calling it for what it is and the way that I see it, is this, is this is the inevitable. And that is that actually going to solve the problem means that there's going to have to be a conflict with the federal government. I don't personally think Abbott, I don't personally think the National Guard, not to say that they aren't prepared to deal with it, I just think they don't want to have to come to terms with that reality because then we have to have, especially publicly, another conversation. And that's a conversation that I've been wanting to have for a very, 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 very long time. It's like, okay, who is best suited? I say it on the show all the time. Who's best suited to deal with Texas's problems? Texas is best suited to deal with Texas's problems. However, there are rules, laws even in play that do not allow them to effectively do what needs to be done. More importantly, there's a lot of wasted resources that are being uh, directed, let's say, to the federal government to deal with the issue, which then puts it out of your hands, or rather you're not equipped to have to actually deal with the problem, right? And then everybody's looking to the federal government to resolve it. But what happens when they don't? You're left unprepared and the issue is still the issue. Mm. So this is what the American people, I think, need to have to uh, they have to understand. I think Abbott, he knows it. Right. And uh, people around them know it. They just don't want to have to deal with it. If you want to truly deal with this problem, you're going to have to be into be in a conflict with the with the uh, federal government. Bottom line, it sounds like it's probably watching show. Oh, my God, we can't. That's the reality. The federal government ain't dealing with it. So you got to deal with it. They don't want you to deal with it, though. It makes them look bad. It, it uh, more so uh, uh, lends credence to independence. That's not what it is that they want. But that is the inevitable. Do you want the problem to be resolved or do we just want to sit here and talk about it all day long? Yeah. In order for it to get resolved, you're going to have to go to conflict with that absolute mammoth. And I think it's more of, less of a mammoth and more of a paper tiger because I think they're full of crap. Because at the end of the day, if you did want to start prioritizing Texans and their problems over the United States government and how they want to deal with it, I don't think there's not much they can do or much they will do mm. for that matter. Yeah. Um, just another quick note on that before we have to go to break. Uh, apparently, the number of Chinese illegal immigrants crossing the southern border uh, has skyrocketed by 4,000 percent just since 2021. And you have to ask yourself why. Correct. Exactly. You gotta ask why. Right. Because. Why are they all single males? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Military age. Mm-hmm. Not just from China, but and, from. And then you look into Africa a little bit and you go, oh, wait a minute, they've done this before. 
Mm-hmm. They built literally what they called man camps. So many went in. Lagos, Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Namibia, South Africa, that they had to build camps for these guys, and it was takeover time. So just wake up. And wake up. By the way, just as a reminder, uh, maybe this is just a top of mind because we have early voting that started here in Texas. But uh, here in the Texas House, here in Texas, uh, where we have all of these 4,000 percent increase in Chinese uh, immigrants, illegal immigrants crossing the border. Remember, if they could could get here legally, they probably just would. I don't know. They probably just fly in here. So it's weird that they're doing it the harder way. Um, And we still have a Texas legislature who has not banned uh, the CCP from owning Texas land. Just Mm -hmm. Just as if you needed a reminder to go out and make sure that you vote um, here in the primary season, that might be one. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to be back with more, but I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So Relief Factor is there for those of you if you're living in constant pain. Whatever the pain is, it's like knee pain, neck pain, back pain, whatever that case may be. it's most likely the inflammation in your body that is causing that pain. And if you could just get rid of the inflammation, you get rid of the root cause of the problem. It's worked for me. It's worked for Yaku's mom. And it started working how soon? For her, three days. It's incredible. And the, the thing is, is like there are so many people who have that same story. They're like, within days, I could feel a difference. So here's what Relief Factor says. Okay, go to their website, get the three-week quick start. You will know within those three weeks. It may happen within days, like Yaku's mom uh, had that happen too. But it, it will work within three weeks if it's going to work for you. And by the way, the odds are in your favor that it will because more than 70% of the people who order that three-week quick start go on to keep ordering it. That's how many people are saying, this is working for me. It's gotten me out of my pain and it's been life-changing. You can order that at relieffactor.com. That is relieffactor.com. So I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, Tucker Carlson had a discussion with censorship expert Mike Benz. And according to Benz, I I don't think this is going to shock you guys, but I'm going to tell you anyway. There was a concerted effort starting in April of 2020 uh, made by a coalition involving DHS, NATO, the DNC and other entities to launch a mass censorship campaign across all social media platforms. uh, And they aimed to preemptively censor any disputes over the legitimacy of mail-in ballots. So this was, what, seven months before the election. They knew what they were going to do. They knew that it would be discussed. They knew that people would question it. And so they preemptively wanted to make sure that you were not allowed to talk about this. So he described these entities as Pentagon cutouts, uh, suggesting obviously they were operating under the direction of the Pentagon to carry out the censorship campaign by professionals who he says were experts in color revolutions. And um, there were like potentially hundreds of millions of posts that were throttled, particularly again, you guys are going to you're not looking at me like you're shocked, but I need you to put on your shocked face that uh, these posts questioning the security of mail-in ballots uh, were among those that were censored. And this is kind of an explanation of how they did that watch. They explicitly said on tape that they were set up 
to do what the government was banned from doing itself. And then they articulated a multi-step framework in order to coerce all the tech companies to take censorship actions. They said on tape the tech companies would not have done but for their pressure, which involved using threats of government force because they were the deputized arm of the government. They had a formal partnership with the DHS. They were able to use DHS's proprietary domestic disinformation switchboard to immediately talk to top brass at all the tech companies for takedowns. And they bragged on tape about how they got the tech companies to all systematically adopt a new terms of service speech violation ban called delegitimization, which meant any tweet, any YouTube video, any Facebook post, any TikTok video, any Discord posts, any Twitch video, anything on the Internet that that uh, undermined public faith and confidence in the use of mail-in ballots or early voting drop boxes or, or, or ballot tabulation issues on election day was a prima facie uh, terms of service violation policy under this new delegitimization policy, and which by their own math had 22 million tweets on Twitter alone. And mind you, they did this on 15 platforms. So this is hundreds of millions of posts, which were all scanned and banned or throttled so that they could not be amplified or they exist in a sort of limited state purgatory or had these frictions affixed to them in the form of fact-checking labels where you couldn't actually click through the thing or you had to, it was, it was an inconvenience to be able to share it. So I think that we just got a line in to um, how that fortification occurred. Because, I mean, remember, they admitted that, that they, there was a fortification that happened. We could argue over the semantics or how you want to call it, uh, you know, I guess you can't say stolen I'm, on, I'm wondering now as we're talking if the little January uh, or if the 2020 election little s signage is going to be on this particular program now on YouTube because, you know, you're not allowed to talk about that without getting some sort of Wikipedia correction. But how many times do they just get to tell us to our faces, this is all an illusion, this is all a mirage, We've, we, the, the game is rigged, the fix is in before we actually do something about it? I'm just wondering. Look, um, that doesn't all at all surprise me. Yeah. Um, I think that this is something that probably has happened a lot longer mm -hmm. um, yeah. than we've um, we've caught on to it. And that is that the government basically being used to coerce private institutions to do their own bidding. Right. Um, so you get this merge of corporate and state. And there's another term for that as well. Um, with a guy out of Italy um, and what it was that he was doing. Um, and it's called fascism. Um, that's the, what it actually means. It's not guy that I don't like doing bad thing. No, that's not what fascism is. It's talking about merging of corporate and state. Um, and that's more or less what it is that you got. But this is how the government, I think, think operates, which is why I, I think that it's important to, uh, when we use these terms, like definitely like privatization and all that, I think we should be very, very careful with what it is that we're actually talking about that. Back when I used to be in the trenches going back and forth with leftists on various topics, this is one of the things that I always would try to explain. Like, okay, yeah, maybe they exist as a private institution, but at what level is the state influencing their decision-making, right? Mm -hmm. And if the state is influencing their decision-making, decision whether it be directly, whether it be like by way of subsidizing it or coercing, like what we were just talking about, that's not private enterprise mm. at all. That's the state right. being creative, maybe, to get the private institutions to do what it is that they want them to do. And that is extremely, extraordinarily uh, uh, dangerous. I think we have seen and 
Um, maybe we'll look back on this l- later on when Elon got X, right, and how much just the general conversation has changed uh, all together on, on on social media, where it's, it is a one platform. I'm not going to sit over and pretend like it's perfect, but it is a platform where I feel like uh, far less likely now to be banned, right, for saying something that um, is mildly controversial, right? And that may change the game and just in general on how we actually converse about uh, not just elections, but anything that happened. We know that they're already in the cahoots. Speaking of X, that's what the Twitter files uh, 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 showed us. We already know that that's the thing. This is just further uh, proof of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, whenever you see a unilateral implementation of a strategy in a culture, right, such as COVID, mm-hmm. that's the world. It's impossible for private sector to do that mm-hmm. because private sector is too competitive. Private sector don't typically work together. Coca-Cola competes with Pepsi, Pepsi with Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper with Coca-Cola. So it's segregated by default by competition. When you get a unilateral implementation of a thinking, government is involved. Yeah. 100%. Now, what government does is they mask it, as you said, through PPP, public-private practice, right? right? But it's government. It's government in January 6th. It's government in COVID. It's government in Russia collusion. It's government in, 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 in censoring people. It's the government. It's the DOJ. It's the DOD. Mm-hmm. It's... it's the FBI, it's the CIA, it's the FBI weaponized against us, it's the CIA operating on domestic soil, which they're not supposed to. So you could, it's easy to see because when it becomes proliferated like that and the media all starts talking, it's governments involved because it's, nat- it's not nature to the private sector. Right. It don't work that way. Right. You don't see Pepsi one day go, you know what, we agree with Coca-Cola. We're going to have polar bears in our campaign. (laughs) This is not how private sector works. Mm -hmm. It's the government working with the leaders in private sector saying, you will dance. Because remember, we got you here. Remember that deal you got? So it's government. So it's actually quite easy to see. Yeah. And I I want to be clear here. I'm not trying to discourage uh, people. I don't want people to walk away from this thinking, well, I mean, what's the point of going to go vote because my vote doesn't matter? Shut up, Eric. (laughs) Don't even look at me, Eric. Okay. I am not trying to encourage anyone to stay home. Yeah. That's that's kind of my point is the opposite, which is like we have to show up in mass. They didn't expect they didn't account for Donald Trump having the turnout that he did when he ran against Hillary Clinton. I mean, they tried to fix it. They just didn't anticipate the overflow of people who were showing up to vote for Donald Trump. So I don't think that it's impossible, but it is going to take all of us. And it is going to take specifically the people who in the primary process um, are not happy that like their person didn't make it all the way through. It's like it's going to take all of us to defeat the radical left. I know there are some people who are not aligned in that. I know there are some people who think that Joe Biden would be the same or better than Donald Trump. I personally no. cannot. I just cannot agree with that assessment. I, I, I just I cannot. And I don't think that it's reasonable. And I don't think that it's logical. But that's just me. Um I just spe- I'm just speaking for me. So I am encouraging you guys. I don't want you to feel discouraged. Please go out. Please. Please, 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 please go out and vote. Vote early and vote often. Just kidding. We're not Democrats. All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Got something to say? Leave Sarah a message at 888-969-5113. 
I have a feeling that this next conversation is not going to make the overlords over at a particular platform very happy. So uh, if we lose you, make sure you can tune in uh, to the to the full episode over at blazetv.com or you can find the segment that you missed over at Rumble in its entirety. Just want to throw that out there. Not sure how far we're going to get here, but uh, a high school girls basketball game ended in a forfeit at halftime after three girls suffered injuries in a matchup against a team that reportedly includes a male player who is six feet tall and has facial hair. And I just want to, um, I, I think you're, you guys are not going to be able to spot. So let's play Where's Waldo here on who the culprit actually is. Watch. Wow. Unbelievable. And shockingly, he doesn't seem to care at all. Look at Um, a press release was issued by the team that said once the third player was injured, the remaining five expressed concern to the coach about continuing to play. They feared getting injured and not being able to compete in the playoffs. And of course, the school refused to take a stand, saying the charter school supports this this decision and reiterates its values of both inclusivity and safety for all students. We take the standards set by the MIAA and our board of trustees seriously and strive to uphold them, blah, 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 blah. So I want to make sure that I don't, I'm careful with my words here because the girls, the young girls are not to blame, so to speak, but they do have the solution, which is stop competing with men. If you see a dude on the other team who is six feet tall and towers over you and clearly has more muscle mass than you, because yes, there are differences between men and women, going back to our original conversation. If you see that, just say no. I don't, I don't understand why, again, it's not their fault, but like there is no world in which I would allow, if I had a daughter, I would never allow her to play against a six foot dude. I just wouldn't. Yeah, so, so Sarah, here's, look, I agree with you wholeheartedly, fully. Where are their dads? Where are the girls' dads? That's a great question. Where are the girls' fathers? You know where they should have been? On the court. On the court. No. You step onto the court, you shut the game down, you stop the game from coming, and let the other dads come meet us on the court. If you're the father of this confused child who thinks he's a girl but he's a boy, who wants to rip balls from girls and elbow them and throw them on the ground, then you come down here. But the fathers need to step up in this country and defend it. It's my job mm. to defend my daughters. I can't just tell my 15-year-old, they look like they're 15, 16-year-olds, mm -hmm. right? maybe 14, to say, go defend yourself, so just say no. You train her to say no, but until she's an adult, you step in front of your daughter and you go say no on her behalf. And that means show up at the school board, you cowards. You absolute ballless cowards, the men in this country. Step up and start defending women. We're leaving women to defend themselves. What is a woman? It's the woman defending the womb. It's a woman. No, man, you can't speak of abortion. You ballless cowards in this country. Start defending women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, <clears throat> 
This guy was uh, six feet tall and clearly had facial hair, but the school officials are refusing to confirm the player's gender identity. <laughs> Interesting enough. Look, I-, I think that because everybody's in on it, um, especially young people, right, where they trend on this issue, unfortunately, um, and it's because maybe the school system has been long infiltrated and they've got people kind of privy to this idea that this is an acceptable thing. Um because of that, and they're all in on it, I think it's, and unfortunately, it has to go come off as that ridiculous, right? Before people finally are like, this is nutty. Like, because the whole deal with um, with what's-his-face from uh, the swimmer, I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Le- William Thomas. Yeah, uh, Leah Leah Thomas, Thomas or whatever. William. That didn't, for whatever reason, change everybody's view on, on this. And you're starting to see more of it competing in various sports where these people have the, these, these just advantages. And now you have like a Joanna Man situation um, here where this person is way bigger than everybody else in what is a physical, uh, a physical sport. Like this is the result that you're going to, going to get. And it unfortunately has to get so ridiculous so ridiculous for people to finally be like, this is stupid. Screw having to uh, like walk on eggshells and not offend certain people right. because we want to just say right. you're not like the other people mm-hmm. because you are born uh, with an advantage because you are a man uh, or a boy. Right. You you are born with this advantage. This is just what it is. It's biology. It's science. All the stuff that they that the quote unquote left apparently warships for whatever reason with this subject matter. It goes out the window. And now, logically, we're looking at that and we're like, this doesn't make any sense. This guy clearly has an, has an advantage. Is it going to kill y'all to just say, bro, you cannot compete with them? Who cares what they call you? Oh, they're going to call you a bigot. They're going to call you, uh, uh, say that you're a transphobe and all this other stuff. Who cares? Yes. At the end of the day, who cares? That doesn't mean Jack Diddley. Uh, now you have people's kids, children being hurt mm-hmm. over this. I don't know what it's going to take to do it, but maybe it will have to be a starting five full of actual boys going out there dominating uh, uh, time and time again before these people start to be in on it. Because going back to the uh, women and the girls, if we're comparing both genders, generally speaking, who is who are the ones that support this nonsense in their sports? Women. That's I know. And that's what's so frustrating to the drag shows. Yes. Yes, but but I also do think that it's the women, the moms, because I was watching um, over at Rebel News in, Cal- in Canada, they, they had a, a special on this as well, and he interviewed, the reporter interviewed these moms, and they just like, they were, they refused to say anything, they refused, and it's like, you think, like, you care more, you value more society's opinion of what you have to say rather than your own children. Which is why I'm telling you really these quick. guys are pistol whipped. Take your house back. Right, right, right. Take your house back. Right. Tell why- your wife, excuse me, you're demented. Get help. Our daughter is not playing against this guy. Right, right. And and, and by the way, why have kids if you don't prioritize them above things like that? Why, why? Why even have kids if you don't actually intend to parent them and guide them? And oh, by the way, protect them. That's kind of the, that's kind of the whole point of this whole thing. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. Well, uh, we talked about it a little bit before, but um, things are not going well for Grandpa Joe. Um, They 
already put the short steps up for Air Force One. They changed it out because he kept tripping and apparently the short stairs are not helping. And so here we are today. He's shuffling along and he just get up oh, oh, twice there. Could not make it even up the short steps without tripping. And I really, I want to reiterate this here. I would understand if it was going down because I have fallen down my own stairs. I think every member of my household has fallen down the stairs once. It's impre- it's almost impressive to trip up the stairs and do it with such a frequency that Joe Biden does. He does it a lot. Like, uh, and it's always funny watching him try to do that little light jog up the <laughs> up it, and then he'll fall or he'll stumble, and then try to like almost like speed up like that or somehow help help the situation. It's weird stuff. But falling down is what it's called. Falling up is quite different. <laughs> Well, that right there is the definition of vigor. (laughs) Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.